Welcome to a brand new episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I give my thoughts on the Chiefs season on both offense and defense heading into their last game against the Los Angeles Chargers for week 18. But first, as always, we check in with the Chiefs press conferences following their big win against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, special. I mean, it always is, though. I mean, it it really is always is. It's cool to win the AFC West, but obviously dealing with some adverse situations over these last few weeks and for guys to respond uh, against a good football team and and find a way to win, even when the the game wasn't going in our way at the beginning of it, um, it was special. Uh, I I mean, I told the guys to celebrate it, enjoy it. Um, But, uh, I mean, our goal is obviously to continue to win, so we have to continue to build off this momentum and uh, get ready for the playoffs. It doesn't solve everything, I I assume, but but does it give you sort of a tangible feeling of, like, another accomplishment, a reset that helps you gain some momentum? Yeah, I thought we did a lot of great things um, today. Um, Offensively, I thought we did a good job of just – of just letting the game come to us, not trying to force it, not trying to do too much. Um, obviously, we had the one fumble in the first half, but other than that, I thought guys did a great job. And we got, we got to continue to get better in the red zone. But, I mean, Harrison Bucker, he saved us, man. He knocked through, I think, six field goals. And um, when you have a defense like that shutting the door, man, I mean, that's how you got to win football games. Imagine the performances of Rasheed and Isaiah, both over 100 yards, receiving and rushing. Just talk to those performances today and how they help yeah, I mean, that's, that's guys stepping up and making plays happen. I mean, I thought the offensive line did a tremendous job in the run game, and then obviously Isaiah, when he gets through there, man, he's, he's gone. And so um, he did a great job. Rasheed made a lot of big plays, especially in the second half. Um, they, and that's what we're going to need when they have that much attention on Travis. Um, for guys like that, they step up and make plays happen. Um, and like I said, I thought guys just continued with it. They didn't – whenever stuff wasn't going our way, they didn't get down. They just continued with the process, and uh, we were able to find a way to get a win. Those big plays are a little bit more rare now just because of the coverages you're seeing. The mm-hmm. one to Rice, I guess, how good did that feel, and, and what did you see on that particular play? Yeah, I think they, I think they busted the, uh, a coverage. I think they were trying to get to two. Um, and they ended up having two guys playing on the same side as far as the safety in the corner. And so um, I was l- looking that way to think it possible like a hole shot, and then it just opened wide open. And uh, I thought Rasheed did a great job of catching it and getting vertical. I told him, I'm going to teach him how to get those knees up, man. He's going he's to get in the end zone next time. Um, but uh, he did a great job, man. And uh, I thought uh, um, we had a couple other opportunities. And I, I mean, we, we, we try to take those shots today and back the defense off. And once you do that, it helps out with all the underneath stuff. You've been in this spot every year since you've been here. And I'll look forward for a second. Does it feel any different than any other year? I mean, it, it's. I mean, obviously, the season hasn't been. We, we're not winning this in week twelve or week thirteen like like we have before. I mean, we had to we had to battle through adversity and find a way to win this game. But it's not over. I mean, we have to continue to get better and better. We understand that. Um, kind of the the motto of this season at the end of it, it's been a good game and a bad game. So how can we sustain and get stuff going um, and continue to build off this momentum? Um, and uh, get that momentum going into the playoffs. And now, like I said, now you're in the playoffs. It's one game, single elimination. And uh, I think we can go out there and compete with anybody. Patrick Rush, you mentioned to me just some different options he had on, on that deep ball, but noticing that cover, just wonder what you think about his instincts to, to spot that before the snap. And then at what point do you know that yeah, no, he 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 definitely did. Um, he did a great job recognizing coverage and and converting the route and and getting down the field. Um, he does a great job of that. I mean, um, for the most part, I mean, he's pretty correct on on reading coverages and and not making the same mistake twice. And we ran a play early in the game. Uh, the play the game before he he ran in and I missed him and I was talking to him about it. And then we ran a, another play where he caught and got vertical and kind of towards the red zone. It was exact same play. And uh, he did a great job of recognizing the coverage and, and learning from the l- previous week. And that's just kind of how he's been all year long. And I think that's why you see him continue to get better and better as the season goes. Neil, Patrick, Neil 
What's it do for you guys as a team, as an offensive unit, to hit some plays downfield and look like the old Chiefs? Yeah, I think guys just did a great job of of attacking the defense. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's me trusting those guys to go out there and make plays happen. And I put it out there, and, and guys made a lot of plays happen. So, I mean, that's just going to continue to to build trust um, that I can go and do that. And I think it'll help uh, open Travis up because there's so much attention on him in the middle of the field. And I think if we can show that we can go over the top and hit these deep deep passes, it'll open up him, and then we can kind of battle off that um, throughout the rest of the year. Uh, Patrick, uh there was a report that you guys maybe simplified, kind of went back to basics on offense. And any truth to that? And do you feel like that helped if that's if you did? Yeah, I think we, it wasn't. I mean, we still had a lot of the same similar plays. I think we just we just put guys out there and said we're going to run the plays that we know. Um, we're going to let y'all go out there and play fast, um, and then no thinking. Let's just let's just be us. And I think that helped guys play more free today. And then whenever stuff went wrong. It's, we could bounce back quickly. It wasn't like we were like trying to fix it and figure out a different way to do this. It was, hey, we know these plays. We, we run these plays. Um, and let's let, let the guys go out there and play fast and use their talent. I thought they did a great job of it. Patrick, uh, nothing against any of your other backs, but is there just a different energy when Pacheco's in the game? Um, I thought. It, I mean, I mean, he, I think he's a different energy than any other player on the entire team, man. I mean, that, the way he runs the football, the energy that he he, he comes with. I don't think I've seen. Like, there's like a small number of people that have that much intensity, and when they're running the football, you got like Marshawn Lynch, you got like Marion Barber from all my old Cowboys days. I mean, it's it's a uh, that that to be able to run that hard all the time and have that much energy. It's a special type of player, and. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get Clyde back this next week, and I thought he's playing really good football as well, and so we can let those guys go out there and be them. Well, another Chiefs season in the books, and it wasn't the type of season that you would usually expect from this team, especially on offense. Uh, you're talking about a Patrick Mahomes-led team that had his troubles, mostly in the fourth quarter and putting up points. Uh, red zone offense wasn't sharp at all. You had miscues, turnovers, things that are uncharacteristically, you know, things you just don't see with a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. And so many discussions going on behind the scenes as well as in the media uh, just people being very critical of what happened with this team. You look at the situation starting all the way back in the offseason, Eric Bieniemy moving on, going to the Washington Commanders. Uh, plenty of people believe that he wasn't as important to the game plan and to the offense as we're starting to see where his um, his strength really was. He was a guy that held people accountable. He was a guy that pretty much was the enforcer when it came to the game plan. He may not have been the full-on X's and O's guy, you know, kind of like what you see with Andy Reid and what he's forever known for, but uh, Andy Reid has spoke so highly of him for years. He's often tried to pitch him in terms of getting a head coaching job, and for some reason he's kind of, he's been looked look past for several jobs that he should have gotten. And you're seeing the fruits of it a little bit, and this is no knock towards Matt Nagy and the job He's done. Uh, Matt Nagy's very accomplished. He's worked with Mahomes. He's worked with Andy Reid for years. He's a guy that has his strength, and he always works towards it. Now, in regards to what Biennemi brought to the table in regards to accountability and, and you know being tough on players and being that bulldog that everyone has often talked about when you've seen in training camps in past years, as well as on the field and being very animated, 
Uh, it, it's it's something that is missing from this team. A lot of stuff that you've seen on the sidelines, whether it was Patrick going off about the offsides call, or you know Travis Kelsey having his uh, mini meltdowns. These are all things that, yes, they do happen throughout a season, but they weren't as amplified as they were this year. When we did see animated discussions, it was a lot of Eric Bieniemy going at either was Mahomes or someone else on the offense, and people automatically assumed Bieniemy was the issue. When in reality, he was the guy that could take on that load of being the bad guy. As long as the team is executing, not making silly mistakes, and getting the game plan the way it should be done, I believe that's the job that he was doing, and, and it is sorely missed on that sidelines. And once again, this isn't a knock at the job Matt Nagy's done or just the coaching staff in general. Certain coordinators, certain coaches have a style that it, it just it resonates with a team. It, it works for them. It helps build a team up character-wise. And this team was hurting without uh, enemy a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward, as well as the situation of Washington. They're not going to the postseason, but the Chiefs are. So we've talked about that scenario and the discipline issues, but let's talk about what's actually going on with this team on offense. Now, Patrick Mahomes not having the big numbers, not having an MVP-type season, a lot had to do with, yes, we do have the turnovers being up. He had 14 interceptions this year. A uh, good number of fumbles as well. Very uncharacteristic from the Patrick Mahomes era to this point. But you do look at, yes, he does have 27 touchdown passes. He scrambled a lot more. He uh, he still threw over 4,000 yards. And there is a game this Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers. He is not expected to start or to play. It will be Blaine Gabbert. So you can officially say his season is over or unofficially say his season is over. Mahomes finished with 4,183 yards passing. Like I said, 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He took 27 sacks. And you got to look at the offensive line. There were there issues there, yes. You know, you made this, you made the changes. You moved past Orlando Brown. Not a lot of people were, were too worried about moving on from Orlando Brown as he went over to Cincinnati. They bring in Donovan Smith. You bring in Jawan Taylor. Donovan Smith dealing with injuries. We don't know what his his uh, situation is going to be in the postseason. You've seen Wanye Morris start as a rookie, and he's had his issues already the last couple of games. Uh, Mahomes not having a lot of time in the pocket. But you do look at Creed Humphrey, solid as usual. Trey Smith, solid as usual. It's always going to be the... The thing that people have been on is Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor brought in after uh, spending time with the Jacksonville Jaguars, highly touted for the job he's done at right tackle over the years. And already from the first game of this season against the Detroit Lions on national television, he was called out for where he set up on the line of scrimmage. Uh, a lot of people said he was, you know, offside. A lot of people say he was. It was the legal sort of setup that he had, and it's it's oh it's so interesting that it comes up as he's joined the Kansas City Chiefs. This wasn't really a big discussion during his time with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but this year it was a huge emphasis on everything he did. He is the leader in penalties this season, 
And that's just something you can't ignore. We've heard all season about Andy Reid saying that we have to make adjustments. We have to help him out. We got to do different things. But, you know, as a veteran uh, right tackle, it was, a, it was a bit of a shock to see him struggle with the, these things that he knows very well. He had holding penalties. Uh, it, it was just very um, surprising. You know, you always look at Brett Veach and the job his staff does. They always find a, they always do a good job of uh, plugging holes and and finding different spots for uh, players to succeed in. Jawan Taylor, a, a high expectation, staying at right tackle. It, it was it just didn't work out the way that a lot of people have hoped for. But we look at some positives. Once again, Creed Humphrey still very good season. Trey Smith, good job as well. I do want to take a look at. In my opinion, the the biggest surprise, and when I say surprise, is it's not to the fact that we didn't expect the guy to be good. If you had said last year, seventh round running back would be not only the starting running back, but probably the biggest reason why offensively this is a postseason team, and that's Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, you're talking about a guy that not a lot of people gave a lot of credit to coming out of Rutgers, took over starting role last season. This year, when he was in the game, mind you, he's dealt with injuries. It was a shoulder injury. Uh, he's dealt with concussions. He's dealt with different nagging um, injuries throughout the year because of how violent his running style is, which is the perfect type of violence. I mean, this is a guy that looks for the contact. He looks to get the big hits, and he picks up big yardages, not, not only in the rushing game, but also in the receiving game. Led the team in rushing 935 yards. And he just showed you seven touchdowns as well, averaging 4.6 yards a carry in only 14 games. So he missed time once again due to injuries, but still found a way to be productive whenever he was on the field. I thought another big staff from, once again, 44 receptions. I don't know if I would expect Isaiah Pacheco to be a guy that you would look at as a all-purpose type of running back. He made a way to um, not only prove me wrong, but prove a lot of people wrong. And from speaking to him throughout the season, I got to speak to him twice this year. He's just been motivated. He's, he's preached the same thing about preparation, preparation, being ready, being in the moment, understanding, studying. Uh, it's just uh, the, the Chiefs are so, I don't want to say lucky because they did their work. They made sure they drafted the best guy. They have to appreciate the work this guy continues to put in and how hard he fights for every single yard and every single moment he is on the field. Without Jarek McKinnon, who's been dealing with injuries the entire year, still on injured reserve, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who uh, came in different times, and, you know, CEH, let's, let's be honest, he fell out of favor at the end of last year, kept a positive attitude, continued to be a positive part of this offense and this locker room in the running back room, and he had big games. That game against the Patriots, he was needed because you didn't have Pacheco. McKinnon went out with an injury. You need a guy to take on the load as not only the running back, but the catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, just how essential he's been for this team. and It's such a big thing, and this team just needed it. They needed it big time. So I thought that was a huge positive. You also got to look at Travis Kelsey. Aside from his off-the-field, um, you know, life. Let's talk about just the great year he's had. 
Um, he enters this game 16 yards away from another 1,000-yard season, which is unheard of for a tight end, the way he's going about it. A surefire Hall of Famer. Um, you're, you're happy to see the success that he has had. Um, I remember having a conversation with him last year and even the year before that, how focused he is on the team. He always talks about the team, the team, the team. Uh, he doesn't. You don't hear much about Noah Gray and the work that he's done, Blake Bell and the work that he's done. And he's always the first to shout out his fellow tight ends in the tight end room. And uh, Travis Kelsey continues to be that that guy, even when he's faced double teams, triple teams. Uh, this has been a tough season for the offensive line to even get him a chance to get open downfield. Mahomes has been nicked up. This has been such a different year, but yet he still is on the – He's still right there at 1,000 yards. He's this close to 1,000 yards, whether he plays or not. The fact that he has over 984 yards this season as a tight end in his uh, mid-30s is pretty incredible. So um, hats off to him and the job that he's done. And, you know, like I said, we look at the offense. You got to talk about the bad part of the offense. And that has been the wide receiver core outside of their rookie. Rashe Rice has shown a lot of people how important it is to have a good rapport, good chemistry with your quarterback, even before you actually guys you guys even actually play together. You, everyone knows the story by now. It's, it's pretty legend how Rasheed Rice started off just working out with Mahomes in the offseason in Texas. Mahomes, you know, allegedly, once again, allegedly, he was uh, suggested to Brett Veach as somebody that they should Look to draft. The Chiefs make the trade to uh, trade up in order to get Rice in the second round. And he has not disappointed at all. Um, in terms of wide receivers, he has 938 yards and 79 receptions, seven touchdowns. This is a rookie. Smashing Chiefs rookie records. And over the last six games, six or seven games, he's been the primary target at wide receiver. Something the Chiefs needed because, you know, we can go deep into depth uh, about what went wrong at wide receiver for Sky Moore. What went wrong for Marquez Valdez-Scantling? What went wrong with Kadarius Toney? And, you know, Kadarius Toney's been beat up a lot, not only physically, but, you know, just the, the different criticisms that he has gotten for the way he's played. It's, 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 it's tough. You know, he's a young player. I do understand where Andy Reid is coming from. But it just gets to the point where, you know, he has to produce on the field. I think Chiefs fans would want him. They know how explosive he can be from the Super Bowl. But they just want the basics to be done. They want to make catches. And the Chiefs leading the NFL in drops was very disturbing on offense. This goes back to what we talked about in the beginning with Eric Bieniemy and holding people accountable. Could that be part of it? These are all things heading into the postseason that need to be fixed. But... Just in terms of the 2023 regular season, this cost the team some games. But they won another AFC West title. That's eight in a row. This is a team that has big hopes heading in to this year's postseason. And it's going to be a very interesting process as things unfold. I think um, we make these goals every year, beginning of the year. And I think the most important goal is to win the AFC West. Then you can build off of that into the year. So 
I think this is a huge milestone for the organization. We're going to continue to build off of this. As Pat said, we're going to try to stay consistent with this. Chris, does it need a little more coming harder as it sort of did this year? I mean, does it feel like more of an accomplishment after some ups and downs you guys had? I think it's any time you're able to win a division when we got so many good competitive teams in our division, the Raiders, who we lost to last week, the Denver Broncos, who we took an L2 this year. We, we got so many competitive groups in this division to be able to win it eight times consecutive. Uh, it shows you about the, the leadership we have in this building, the coaches, and the individuals that we have on this team. And is that kind of feeling of that achievement, does that, you think, do something for you guys just mentally going forward? I mean, you feel like, okay, we've got a little reset going from this. Yeah, I think you get momentum anytime you get a win and beat a tough team. Um, Cincinnati Bengals, they've been on a roll. I think um, their quarterback, um, he's uh, he leads the league in the most passing percentage as a player for the first five games. So he's been on the road. That team's been on the road for to, for us to beat the, a high-quality team, a good-quality team, actually, at that. Um, it's a lot of momentum coming off of that. There's no points in the second half. What did you into the adjustment from halftime to get the second half of the I think it was mainly stopping the run. Um, it came out early in the first half. Ran the ball, ran the ball, play action pass. Opening up with the tight end, play action pass. Run the ball, run the ball again. They got the running back wide open in the, in the red zone. I think once we honed in on that, eliminate the big play runs, and um, we got after it. Hey Chris, Can you take us through the sequence of four sacks and five snaps? You had one of them. Oh, I was tired. Um, it was tough, man. I think. Um, Guys seen the opportunity to seize the moment. Um, George Karloftis, um, Charles Aminihu. We got Jay Reed who got two of them. I don't like that. I'm not for a DB getting sacks, but it was all good. I think we just got after it. Uh, we knew it was an opportunity to close the game, uh, close game at that. And um, I think we, we did what we were supposed to do. On that fourth down on their first drive in the third quarter, it looked like Browning maybe checked to a run play and, and Willie stopped it for a three-yard loss. I mean. How significant was that in terms of kind of turning the momentum, giving the offense a chance to get that field goal and kind of get their legs on there? I think that was a huge momentum shift. Uh, we, we ran goal line out there. And uh, the play earlier, they ran it in with the running back. So we went goal line this drive. And um, they seen how many guys we had in. They checked it to the downhill run. Willie knocked it back. We was able to get out the field, and the offense went and scored. I think that was the shift of the game right there. Hey, Chris, uh, Jamar had the very public comments. How do you think your guys responded to those? Uh, we don't come in. We just play, man. You know, we don't really talk. We don't engage with the back and forth. They do this every year. And, you know, last year, playoff, this year, regular season. I mean, but kudos to Snead. Every, every top receiver that came in this, uh, we played against, Snead have – Held his own. Um, I don't know how many yards Jamar Chase had, but I, I can guarantee you how many? 41. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying. A sneeze, uh, you know, yeah. There was, a, there was a little first half they caught on the cameras, a little frustration on the sideline. Looked like you had to go talk to Willie. There was a little jawing back and forth. Was it, were you guys a little bit frustrated early? No, man. We're, we're just so competitive. And with the competitiveness going on, a lot of guys – it can look bad, but it's not as bad as it seems, right? Um, I think Willie, he's a fierce competitor, and sometimes his emotions get in the way, and sometimes you just got to bring him back in and let him know, we still got your back. We still got your back. I right, asked Patrick the same question, but as far as, you know, week 18, it doesn't look like it's going to have a huge impact on your seeding. Does it 
is there the benefit of getting some rest to you, or you just look at nine and a half sacks and say, hey, I, I want 10? I want to play, okay? <laughs> I want to play. But I understand the importance. Um, <clears throat> usually, for the last few years, we've had a bye week. And um, with the new CBA, they kind of changed this year. So um, if Coach Reed decides to rest us, I, I'm more than likely take the rest. I mean, I can use a week off. Um, you know, I feel a few nicks and bruises, and I'm quite sure our team can use it. I, th I don't think our seating changed whether we win or not, right? So, yeah, um, if Coach Reed let us get this week off, that would be remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year's, guys. A surprising but also very strong part of the Chiefs' season has been their defense. It's it, They've come such a long way, you know, when you really put in perspective for what this unit has gone through. In past seasons, they the criticism has always come on the defense, not giving Patrick Mahomes enough support, not giving the offense, you know, enough time to basically putting all the pressure on the offense to put up big points every single week. This season was complete opposite. The defense led the charge. You're looking at a unit coached by Steve Spagnuolo that not only proved everything they were saying in the offseason, and I'm going back to comments made by Nick Bolton going all the way back to uh, to, to, to minicamp. I think it was not even it was like voluntary camp. He said that this defense deserves a lot more respect, that the rest of the world needs to see how good this defensive unit actually is. And they proved it this year. Even with Bolton being hurt, you had so many different players step up from George Karloftis in year two, uh, proving that he was worth where he was drafted. Trent McDuffie being, in my opinion, a, a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback already from this force, the, the turnovers that he forces or his fumbles, interceptions, uh, plays he's made in the, the just rushing the passer himself. Like, he's made such a difference in year two, as, along with Carl Loftus. Uh, Legereus Need being one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the NFL. It's not even close. I mean, you're talking about a guy that goes against the best receiver week in and week out, and no one has scored a touchdown on him throughout the entire season. He's going to be going up against the best in the league from a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, uh, Stephon Diggs. They've all matched up against LeJarrius Sneed. And Sneed follows them around the field no matter where they are. It isn't just like, oh, he commands the left or right side. He follows the best receiver throughout the game. He's been playing hurt. I just think this is a guy that is highly underrated. You know, everyone likes to count, oh, how many interceptions did he get? Uh, how many deflections, all these different things. His presence, not only in coverage, but also rushing the quarterback along with McDuffie, have made a difference when you talk about this team's secondary and what they can do. Uh, Brian Cook, before his injury, took a step forward. And he was a guy that people were really talking about and how physical he, he was for that unit. And I, I do want to look at the guy that is the veteran of this group, also Justin Reed. Justin Reed led the team in tackles this season, as we're recording right now, before the last game of the year. 95 tackles, and he had two sacks in that final drive against the Cincinnati Bengals, which basically ended the game. This is a guy, Justin Reed, 
who, you know, I go back to his uh, famous comments during training camp. He said this is his John Wick season. And he was motivated. He wanted that challenge. And I saw a guy that immediately endeared himself to fans even more. Uh, you know, he had to walk into a tough situation after signing with the Chiefs last season following Tyron Matthew, who um, was such a fan favorite already. And uh, for Justin Reed to take that step and really, you know, just be that that stable force in the secondary, it's it was so important. So he was such a huge part to that defense. Uh, Willie Gay made big plays. Nick Bolton dealing with injuries all year, but still made plays. Drew Tranquil was such an essential addition to this team. You're talking about a guy that played different roles. He was the Mike linebacker when Nick Bolton was out. He understood the defense right away. His presence was so important in keeping things stable while Bolton was out, while different guys were out. Drew Tranquil was such a big player for them. Um, Steve Spagnuolo says it often during his post-game uh, press, well, during his weekly press conferences, I should say, how important Tranquil has been. Um, a guy that you could put at different positions and he could play all over the field. That's just stuff that you need. It's It's so important. And then we get to that defensive line. The defensive line was has always gotten a lot of credit, obviously led by Chris Jones and the work that he's done. You saw the difference without Chris Jones that first week of the season during the, the whole contract negotiation situation. He makes such a big commitment to where he is on that defensive line. Whether he's on the end, whether he's playing um, the tackle position, the offense has to account for him so much. Because of what he can do, the way he rushes the quarterback, uh, the way he changes the formations on both sides. Um, when you have him in the lineup, teams have to adjust. It's it's just such an interesting thing just seeing him out there, all the attention that he gets. And yes, he put up some numbers. Yes, he has the sacks. But it's the stuff that you don't see, the stuff where you know you can't put a stat on, the intangibles that he brings to this defense. It's such a relief, and it just helps them round it out. I mean, nine and a half sacks. We don't know if he's going to play in the last game. Uh, George Karloftis had ten and a half, and, you know, we were talking about him earlier, just a step forward that he took. Mike Dana, another guy that doesn't get doesn't get enough talk, I feel like, six and a half sacks this year. Uh, the, the Chiefs really had different players stepping up, making big plays on defense, that made it easy to forget that, yes, you did not have, you know, Brian Cook for the rest of the year due to injury. You don't have Chris Jones for that opening game. But there were different players that stepped up. Mike Edwards is another guy that they brought in, played in uh, Tampa last year, was very significant in the roles that he had at safety. Whether he was starting, whether he was coming in at, uh, like, moments in the rotation, he was a key guy that they needed. Leo Chanel, another player, a uh, big hitter, a guy that could rush the quarterback, also play well in coverage. The Chiefs had everything covered pretty well. Derek Nottie's another one. Uh, you're seeing Charles Amenihu, who missed the first six games due to a suspension, his progress and, and what he brings to that line, another veteran presence, a guy that can stop the run. These are all things that the Chiefs, 
they they really they needed. They need to have this in past seasons. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo's pushing all the right buttons in regards to what this team can do. You're still, as I've talked about these names, I can mention Jalen Watson for what he's done, Tershawn Wharton. There's just been an overload of players that have made significant contributions to this defense that you got to look at Steve Spagnuolo and say, is he the coordinator of the year? Does he get... Should he get a lot more praise? And is he a guy that could possibly, and I know Chiefs fans don't want to hear this, but could he be in the running for a head coaching job again? Now, we remember what he did in the past and his uh his failed run with the Rams as their uh, head coach. But he's a guy that seems like he has full control of this unit. They believe in him. He's got players playing well above what they should be doing in their second year on the team. There's so many second year guys on defense. It's amazing, especially in the secondary. But uh just the uh Chiefs defense and what they've meant for this season and they are the in my opinion the reason why they are in the postseason this year. So uh hats off to the defense, hats off to Steve Spagnolo and uh it'll be interesting to see what type of matchups they have in the wild card round. I want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. Please follow us on X at The Chiefs Wire for your latest updates on news and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Until next time.